0: You're listening to Season 2 of the Lifting Her Voice Podcast. This is episode number 328, and today we'll read Romans chapters 1-3 through three together. True circumcision is not of the flesh, but of the heart. Welcome to the Lifting Her Voice Podcast, Season 2. I'm your host, Joy Miller. Really glad you're here. We're starting a new book today. It's the Book of Romans, and it's a powerful letter. Before we talk about Romans specifically, I want to say that every book to the end of the New Testament, with the exception of Revelation, is a letter, either to a church or an individual. Some are what they call circular letters, which was a letter intended to be passed around to several churches. Paul wrote this letter to the church in Rome while he was in Corinth toward the end of his third missionary trip. I hope you kept that biblical map handy. It is thought that the Roman church was started by some of those who were converted in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. Paul had always wanted to visit this church but had been prevented from doing so however by being prevented from actually visiting and engaging with the people directly you and i are the recipients of his longest and most systematically reasoned letter so put your thinking caps on i'm reminded of hebrews 4:12 where it says for the word of god is living And effective and sharper than any double edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Oh, yes, friend, Romans qualifies. Romans chapter 1 Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called as an Apostle, and set apart for the Gospel of God, which He promised beforehand through His prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who was a descendant of David according to the flesh, and was appointed to be the powerful Son of God according to the Spirit of Holiness, by the resurrection of the dead. Through Him We have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of His name among all the Gentiles, including you who are also called by Jesus Christ. To all who are in Rome, loved by God, called as saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because the news of your faith is being reported in all the world. God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in telling the good news about His Son, that I constantly mention you, always asking in my prayers that if it is somehow in God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you for I want very much to see you, so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, that is, to be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Now, I don't want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I often planned to come to you, but was prevented until now, in order that I might have a fruitful ministry among you, just as I have had among the rest of the Gentiles. I am obligated both to Greeks and barbarians, both to the wise and the foolish, so I am eager to preach the gospel to you, also who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, just as it is written, The righteous will live by faith. For God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all godlessness and unrighteousness of people who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth, since what can be known about God is evident among them, because God has shown it to them. For His invisible attributes, that is, His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen since the creation of the world, being understood through what He has made. As a result, people are without excuse. For though they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God or show gratitude. Instead, their thinking became worthless and their senseless hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, four-footed animals, and reptiles. Therefore, God delivered them over in the desires of their hearts to sexual impurity, so that their bodies were degraded among themselves. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served what has been created instead of the Creator, who is praised forever. Amen. For this reason, God delivered them over to disgraceful passions. Their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. The men, in the same way, also left natural relations with women who, and were inflamed in their lust for one another. Men committed shameless acts with men, and received in their own persons the appropriate penalty of their error. And because they did not think it worthwhile to acknowledge God, God delivered them over to a corrupt mind so that they do what is not right. They are filled with all unrighteousness, evil, greed, and wickedness. They are full of envy, murder, quarrels, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, arrogant, proud, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, senseless, untrustworthy, unloving, and unmerciful. Although they know God's just sentence, that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but even applaud others who practice them. Romans chapter 2 Therefore every one of you who judges is without excuse. For when you judge another, you condemn yourself, since you, the judge, do the same things. Now we know that God's judgment on those who do such things is based on the truth. Do you think any one of you who judges those who do such things yet do the same, that you will escape God's judgment? Or do you despise the riches of His kindness, restraint, and patience, not recognizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? Because of your hardened and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself in the Day of Wrath, When God's righteous judgment is revealed, he will repay each one according to his works. Eternal life to those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, but wrath and anger to those who are self-seeking and disobey the truth while obeying unrighteousness. There will be affliction and distress for every human being who does evil, first to the Jew and also to the Greek. But glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does what is good, first to the Jew and also to the Greek. For there is no favoritism with God. For all who sin without the law will also perish without the law, and all who sin under the law Will be judged by the law. For the hearers of the law are not righteous before God, but the doers of the law will be justified. So when Gentiles, who do not by nature have the law, do what the law demands, they are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts. Their consciences confirm this. Their competing thoughts either accuse or even excuse them on the day when God judges what people have kept secret, according to my gospel, through Christ Jesus. Now, if you call yourself a Jew and rely on the law and boast in God and know his will and approve the things that are superior being instructed from the law, and if you are convinced that you are a guide for the blind, a light to those in darkness, an instructor of the ignorant, a teacher of the immature, having the embodiment of knowledge and truth in the law, you then, who teach another, don't you teach yourself? You who preach, you must not steal. Do you steal? You who say, you must not commit adultery. Do you commit adultery? You who detest idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? For as it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Circumcision benefits you if you observe the law. But if you are a lawbreaker, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. So if an uncircumcised man keeps the law's requirements, will not his uncircumcision be counted as circumcision? A man who is physically uncircumcised but who keeps the law will judge you who are a lawbreaker in spite of having the letter of the law and circumcision. For a person is not a Jew who is one outwardly, but true circumcision is not something visible in the flesh. On the contrary, a person is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is of the heart, by the Spirit, not the letter. That person's praise is not from people, but from God romans chapter 3 so what advantage does the jew have or what is the benefit of circumcision considerable in every way first they were entrusted with the very words of god what then if some were unfaithful will their unfaithfulness nullify god's faithfulness absolutely not let god be true Even though everyone is a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and triumph when you judge. But if our unrighteousness highlights God's righteousness, what are we to say? I am using a human argument. Is God unrighteous to inflict wrath? Absolutely not. Otherwise, how will God judge the world? But if by my lie God's truth abounds to his glory, why am I also still being judged as a sinner? And why not say, just as some people slanderously claim we say, let us do what is evil so that good may come? Their condemnation is deserved. What then, are we any better off? Not at all, for we have already charged that both Jews and Greeks are all under sin, as it is written, There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. All alike have become worthless. There is no one who does what is good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They deceive with their tongues. Vipers' venom is under their lips. Their mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and wretchedness are in their paths, and the path of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are subject to the law. So that every mouth may be shut and the whole world may become subject to God's judgment. For no one will be justified in his sight by the works of the law, because the knowledge of sin comes through the law. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been revealed, attested by the law and the prophets. The righteousness of God is through faith in jesus christ to all who believe since there is no distinction for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god they are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in christ jesus god presented him as the mercy seat by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his restraint, God passed over the sins previously committed. God presented him to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that he would be just and justify the one who has faith in Jesus. Where then is boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By one of works? No. On the contrary, by a law of faith. For we conclude that a person is justified by faith, apart from the works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles too? Yes, of Gentiles too, since there is one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Do we then nullify the law through faith? Absolutely not. On the contrary, we uphold the law. The highlighted text here for me is the discussion of true circumcision. For so many years as I read the command to Abraham, I was confused. Is it unholy to even ask, Lord, where did you come up with that? And why this act for establishing the promise between you and Abraham and his offspring forever? I mean, I get that this would certainly serve as a submission to God for a man, not something a man would do offhandedly, but it wasn't until God opened my eyes to this passage in Romans that I got it. True circumcision. Is of the heart. All of us, both men and women, are called to bear the most sensitive part of ourselves to God. Our hearts are exposed so that He has access to mold and shape us according to His desire and purpose. What a beautiful picture this is to me, as I hope it is to you. Let's pray. O oh Lord, this letter is so meaty. If we're not focused, paying attention, and engaging our brains, it's overwhelming. But you reward us, Lord, when we do put our study caps on, as in the case of this true circumcision. Help us, Holy Spirit, to surrender to you, to expose our hearts to you, as we are surrendered to you at this moment. Thank you that we can come to you in this most vulnerable way and be safe through Jesus. Amen. Reread Romans 2, 25-29. Let me know what you see at LiftingHerVoice.com, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Did you ever think when God gave circumcision to Abraham way back in Genesis, This is what he intended spiritually. Thank you for joining me here today. I pray that by spending time in his word every day, you will be changed. Visit me at liftinghervoice.com with your comments and questions. And don't forget to visit the blog page while you're there. If you like the podcast, it would be great if you'd give it a five star review and share it with everyone you know. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. See you tomorrow.